The Bears have one of the most consistent and best football teams in America when they play Albany and Texas State. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. I'm Drake Toll from Inside the Bears, alongside Cameron Stewart from Inside the Bears via Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Cam, we're here again where it's a Monday after a happy Monday to everybody, by the way, the first day of the of the week, of the work week, where Baylor beats a much lesser opponent, a non-power five team by uh, as many points as they want to. And I'm still vaguely, not even vaguely, there are so many parts of this game that I'm upset with. I, I'm, I just, why can't I be happy? Am I, am I entitled? Do you think that's what it is? Or does Baylor just have some glaring holes that still are not filled? I think you didn't listen to the sermon on Friday. <clears throat> that's what I think's up, Drake. Did I listen to the sermon on Sunday? I don't, That's the real question. I don't think you've been humbled enough, <clears throat> right. which is wild since you're an Arkansas fan for so many years. You should realize how hard it is to win in college football. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, like, I can understand the first half not being all that impressed. They still had a 21-7 to lead. But you could yeah, understand? Was, yeah. You could just I mean, understand not yeah, being impressed was, with the first half. I was slightly upset. I wasn't, like, ready to pack it in or anything. Yeah, uh, I, I thought the second half they visions paid. of App State for a second. I thought it was legitimately possible. So did Dave and the team. You said it in the post game press conference. They thought they could have lost that game at one point. I thought the second half was pretty much flawless from Baylor, and so overall, I'm like not worried at all. I'm like that's a good performance. You have figured some things out. We have seen some signs of life in the second half that we were wanting to see. And so I feel good about the victory. I really do. Shut them out in the second half. 21 nothing in the second half. They finally got some pressure on the quarterback. They got some sacks with some guys who aren't even playing all that often. And they found a running back, Drake. You don't remember. You don't know what it was like. You weren't a student in 2021 when the Bears won the Sugar Bowl. I was not a student, no. You don't. You were a student during the years where Matt Rule was in his first season as a Baylor head coach, and they went 1-11. I was a student, yep. yeah. Yeah, well, had you been a student during the Sugar Bowl year, you would know what it looks like for Baylor to be a real formidable opponent, have the prowess to beat up on Power 5 teams, and right now... Yeah, I wish I could remember it. That know. performance against most Power 5 teams, I just, especially that, that poor, that playing that poorly in the first half, was bad. Also, defensive line. Is are are you asking questions? I'm asking questions. How many Not sacks in the second half? No. Oh, yeah. I we just haven't seen as many sacks as I was expecting. This is supposed to be the premier defensive line in the country, the premier offensive line in the country. And is Shapen still holding on to the ball too long? I okay. Guess what I saw? Guess what I saw on Saturday? Guess. Don't tell me. Yeah. We can't say that on this podcast, dude. Yeah, we we can. can't. No, we can't. Brown, pink, what? Blake Shapen. Oh. Looking just like he did against... I, uh, are, are our expectations for Blake Shapen too high? What am I, what am I missing? 
I don't honestly, like dude. I I hate bringing up the comparison that everyone has made, but it just feels like Charlie Brewer, like it really does, and that's okay because as we can see, Charlie can win you some games. Eleven wins that one, and he checked down a lot on Saturday, and I thought he was just fine. Nothing. I was really impressed week one. I thought, wow, he is better than Charlie. He was the most impressive player on the team week one, in my opinion. Yep. Um, you know, this, this last week I was like, okay, there's somewhere in the middle. There's the average. He was great week one. He was pretty bad week two. And here is the average week three. And if you can run the offense that Jeff Grimes wants to run, apparently, and that they ran last year, then you're still going to be a good team. I don't know if Richard Reach is quite, quite the horse that Abram Smith was last year. But I think that's an average performance from Blake Shapin. And so your argument could be, well, we want to see a much above average against Texas State. Yeah. That's fair. But I think you can see a similar performance like that that he had against Texas State as he will against Oklahoma, for example. You said you listened to the sermon episode on Friday. And I remarked I remarked in that episode that I have a friend of mine who said, Hey, how do you you think Baylor's gonna win this Saturday? And of course I was explain it. Right, how I was like, obviously, it's Texas State, idiot, which now looking back, I probably should have taken it a little more seriously after at almost, barring that Blake shape and run. They I covered, covered, dude. Yeah, well, Baylor had three turnovers, too. Well, I'm not even there yet. Then he said, is Shapen going to play better this week? And I laughed in his face, laughed in his face, thinking Blake Shapen was going to play immaculately better. And I just... Ju- Kyron Drones, that throw on the run, not saying we need to sub, oh, not saying we need to sub, but people are making Charlie Brewer comparisons. Really? That's what you want. That's what you want, to settle for like, oh, yeah, he's Charlie Brewer. No. Look, Austin Novosad is not in the door yet, Drake. DJ Lagway has us in the top 10. He's not in the door yet, okay? For us, the humbled Baylor fans, Charlie Brewer's pretty darn good. Wins you some games, sometime. gets you to a sugar bowl. He's not RG3. He's not Bryce Petty. I get it. But that's that's going to work most of the time. If you've got a good coach and good coordinators on both sides of the ball, the Charlie Brewer thing could work. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I just don't want to accept that Blake Shapin, after going all summer, yes, we had to pump out content, but also I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, vaguely, I vaguely was being serious about Blake Shapin being a an all-Big 12 caliber quarterback. His ceiling is there, 17 for 17 in the Big 12 championship that everyone's going to continue to talk about. And I, I, we haven't seen that Blake Shapin against a team not named Albany yet. In that game, people were tweeting. It was almost viral. The deep ball is back in Waco. Was it? Is it? What? What's the handicap? Why? It's why is it not working as well as I thought? It, and then BYU got beat on by that Oregon. Was, that was way more surprising than the Baylor game. Well, I think more. that's like add that to reasons I'm upset right now with the way Baylor played Saturday. I'm upset with the way Baylor played Saturday because the way that BYU played Saturday, they were they got embarrassed, just embarrassed by Oregon. Baylor lost to that team. It happens, man. It happens. It happens. BYU is still going to be a good team. Uh, but there's always that one, for the most part, where you look back and you're like, man, we lost to that team in like a charged atmosphere. 
Like they were up for it. That was their Super Bowl, and it never happens again. I mean, 2018, the Patriots won the Super Bowl, and they lost to Jacksonville in week two. And Jacksonville was so charged up for the game. It was the team the Patriots had beaten the AFC Championship the year before. The Jags totally blown it. Yep. And the Jags beat them and beat them pretty handily. And I think they won three games the whole year. Patriots won the Super Bowl. It's like when you get all charged up for that one game, we know BYU has been charged up for that one game for months and months and months, probably like Baylor was too, to be fair. Um, Then it's bound to be a letdown when they're not playing Baylor or they had beaten Baylor. And uh, I think I think that's going to be one you look back on and you're like, not as obvious as the TCU one last year, obviously, but be like, damn, man. Probably should have won that game. Probably a better team than them, which I believe. Cam, there are things that I did like from Saturday. Uh, first. <laughs> really? Yeah, you wouldn't believe it. I, I Again, there are areas that I'm upset with, which comes from a point of privilege, having won 42-7, to seven, but... It was not the easiest 42 to 7 win. Again, three turnovers. Oh. And going into halftime, it was like, oh shoot. It was 14 to 7 there for a while. You're thinking, wow, this is this is just not good. No one's doing anything good right now. Um, Cam Arinho. What do you think about betonline.net? I honestly, I you hated last week's game. As much as you hated last week's game, I love Bet Online that much. Okay. I love Bet Online. I love to bet online, and I love using bet online to do it. Bet online is where the game starts. There are lines, parlays. You can go and see the Baylor line against Iowa State. Open. Are you surprised that Baylor's a three-point dog? No. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm seeing that all year now. I know it's that old cliche of give the home team three automatically, but how? Like, I didn't think Oregon should have been three-point favorites. They proved me wrong. Yeah. But we see it every every week now. Yeah, so I, I'm not surprised. Is the home team just going to win in college football all year? That's, what, that's what they think. They. Ah, Vegas. The royal they. Bet, bet online, you can go see what Vegas thinks because all the lines and stuff are right there. They didn't think UT would win. They were at home. Yeah. Two weeks yeah, ago. Two, against Alabama. Betonline.ag. Check it out. Uh, there are things that I liked. Richard Reese. Is that sustainable? I don't know. I don't want to say yes. Not that. Not I that, don't. Probably. Right. Uh, asking Richard Reese to go 19 carries. No one else had more <laughs> than eight for 156 yards. Three touchdowns is probably unreasonable against Iowa state or Oklahoma or Texas or anybody else. Um, it, it did. He come through. This is a good question to chew on. Did Richard Reese prove himself to be the number one back for Baylor on Saturday? Or is there still, is that spot still open because by virtue of it being a game against Texas state? I think he did. Wow. I don't know that the I, – I had some fun with it yesterday – or Saturday, excuse me. I had some fun with it, but I don't know that the coaching staff agrees with me. Um, I just I, – I, I wrote about this for Inside the Bears, but the parallels to Abram Smith I thought were there mm-hmm. on Saturday. Three touchdowns against Texas State for a bit faster? of a coming out party. Is he faster than Yes, Smith? yeah. Abram so. Smith was yeah. not the fastest back in the world. Very good. Um, I also think – uh, Reese isn't quite as physical, um, but I think a lot of the parallels are there. That said, you know, it was so easy to split it up between Smith and Ebner last year, and I think that's just going to be more guys this year. I think – I don't know that Reese is going to – especially as a true freshman, 
is not going to get as many carries as Abram Smith would in the game. So I think yeah. you'll still see some Tay McWilliams when he's back. You'll see some Quaylen Jones like they saw a lot of in Provo. And then I think Squirrel Williams is one of your favorite terms, almost an X factor in, in this in this season. Yeah. Um, if he can give you what he did against BYU and what he did against Texas State, and your running backs prove to be like number one running backs, that is going to make this offense tick so much. I love what what Squirrel can give you out of the backfield but you need a horse too. And I think Richard Reese is Richard Reese is the horse, but I don't think this week's performance was indicative of what he's going to give you every week. Blake, Do you Shapen. get what I'm saying with that? You get what I'm I see. Yeah. I, I also, I agree. I you'll get that. You'll get those Abram Smith numbers through two or three guys. I, I agree. Kind of. I just don't think like your answer of yes, he is the, the that back, the starting I think back. he's number one though. I, I uh, really think he is. When Tay comes back, Tay's going to be able to vie for that, especially, you know, off of, off of end. We haven't get, gotten to really see him full strength against a, even a decent opponent. We only saw him against Albany. Uh, Reese was and he obviously wasn't very good against Albany. To be no, fair. that's a good point. Uh, Shapin also had that one carry. Ted Harrison tweeted it. Why could we have not run that play one time against BYU? Just one time. It worked. One it time. Worked. Uh, they didn't. And Shapin scored. Legs great. Cameraman couldn't find him. Announcer couldn't find him. Really funny. Like announcer that, that's, tough. Tough. That tough guy had a very interesting Saturday. He was, hey, was up and down, man. I he watched was, the highlights. Oh Ooh. yeah. And he he didn't really know who all. all I, don't, I don't know who his spotter was, but we. Uh, there, I, I don't even know if it was the spotter. It was probably a pretty experienced spotter. Um, that was something on Saturday. If you guys listened to it, you, I hope your eardrums are okay after that four yard completion. Um, yeah, I, I was on a tangent announcer. Oh, oh, here's what I didn't like. Also, I keep going back between things I do and didn't like the running game. Two hundred ninety three yards, absurd. That's really good. Maybe Texas mm-hmm. State just has an elite passing defense. Maybe they just have like the best passing defense in the Sun yeah. Belt. Yeah, probably. Hopefully so, because Blake Shapin finished 15 for 26. By the way, that's not a very good completion percentage. It's not. not. It's all right. It's not terrific. 184 yards is not a lot not great. against yeah. anybody, much less Texas State. One touchdown and one interception. Shapin, a touchdown and an interception. I'm waiting. Right here in my house in Waco, Texas, for Blake Shapin to have Seth Russell numbers, Zach Wilson numbers, Bryce Petty numbers. I'm waiting for him to just throw the ball far every now they're and then. Not, they're not doing the Phil Montgomery offense. They're is not, not going to do that. Is he just not that guy? Do I right. have to come to He's terms? Not that guy. Do I have to come to terms with the fact that he is not all Big Twelve caliber at quarterback? Do I have to come well, to those are two that? different things, but yeah, you should probably, you should probably get to that level. Is he just, so, is he just serviceable? Is that what you're telling me right now? I think he's good. I think he's good. I, I also think he's not going to be Bryce Petty or Seth Russell or me. Zach Wilson could really air it out, but can not, he be? he's not going to be that. I don't, I don't know that he is. I think Baylor could <sighs> still succeed without him being that. He does, you know, Gary Bohannon didn't do it, and they went twelve and two last year. Gary Bohannon almost beat it, Florida, but, by the way. Yeah, but that like had to leave in like five Trans- minutes. Transited property. BYU would kill Florida. Florida would get run out of the state. But it's Oregon, Oregon with the belt and but Georgia. Anyway, just, all everybody. Anyway, 
No, he's never going to be those guys. That's not to say he can't be an all Big 12 quarterback because you've seen the field of Big 12 quarterbacks. Probably year. not this year, but it's not as great as it's ever been. Okay. Can no he one be, be all Big 12 quarterback? quarterback? Please. Can no one win that award this year? It's going to be tough, man, because it's going to be Spencer Sanders at this rate or Dylan Gabriel. Um, but he could be like a top, he could be a top three quarterback. I think he's gonna get I think he's gonna get progressively better. By, by he is virtue still young. Of what? I know he's got experience, but he is still young. Top three in the Big Twelve because there are three actual quarterbacks in the Big Twelve. Yeah, essentially. And Shaven an exa- had the fourth best QBR of the week. It's an exaggeration, obviously, but yes, him having the fourth best QBR is not twelve. That just yeah. shows that quarterback play in the Big Twelve is just not where it probably needs to be. Not on um, Smith had himself a night. All he of that. Lost. First half, bad. Second half, much better. Good. Yes. Very Second good. half, very good. Against Texas Thank State. You. Again, let's temper our... Yeah. Better than they did against Texas State last year. Let's. Yes. There you Al... go. There's my positive take of the night. Al Walcott with nine tackles leading the team. TJ Franklin, Matt Jones looked good. Matt Jones might be the best defensive player on the team right now. Yeah. 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 Through three games. I li- I've liked Franklin so far. He's but, my yeah. one. Yeah, Franklin, if he doesn't get hurt against BYU. But Jones has had the best, yeah. Franklin the best keeps season. getting hurt in general, which is, ah, I hate it for the guy. Back-to-back weeks, he's needed to be uh, ushered off the field. Yeah. Not helped off, but ushered off. So Brooks Miller, Jones. too. Brooks Miller with a sack this week. Had a sack, yeah. Didn't see that uh, coming, did you? Brooks Miller. Didn't see that coming, everybody. That was, sack. honestly, Drake, I we, we bill ourselves as experts. Okay, you maybe more than me a little bit. We don't go to practices really um during the summer but we we like to think of ourselves as experts they said the name brooks miller over Derek smith said it over the public address the name brooks miller yeah and i was like who the hell is that baltimore is Bills legend brooks miller something like that yeah uh, that anyway, was full stop yeah he plays um, linebacker for the baylor bears and Dave Miranda spoke in the post game press conference he like did. he, us- he usually good. does and three minute talked- opener, by the way, just in case yeah. I know you won't play all of that, but three and a half minute opener before saying guys, I'll take any question. He did mention how to, they went to halftime kind of themselves thinking, Oh, we are in decent danger of losing to Texas state. They like, come That's to awesome. Jesus meeting and we're like, Kumbaya, somebody got the djembe out. And they roasted some s'mores and decided in the second half, we're going to play wild and free. And it worked. Maybe they continue to play wild and free. I don't think that's going Playing to happen. Young and wild and free. They're going to go on the road and the road team's fans are going to say, hey, stop playing wild and free. And from what we know this season so far, Baylor's going to go, you're right. We should stop doing that. We should not do that. Yeah. All right. Dave Aranda spoke in the postgame press conference. He's coming up next. Coach Aranda. What do, you, what do you think about that win against Texas State? You know, it's a happy locker room. I'm proud of the guys. And coaches, too, I think, you know, the, um, the week the, at halftime, I think, is probably the best way to kind of speak into this because I think everybody wants to do well and everybody wants to uh, contribute and be seen, be recognized for kind of their efforts and, and so appreciate that. But... You know, I think um, halftime, I, I felt like there some nervous energy with coaches, you know, and then with some of the players, there's like, I, I, I commented, man, I'm hearing like some, some F-bombs in the locker room, and generally that's not us. I don't know. I, not that that's, you know, this or that, but um, I don't know. I, I felt like the second quarter was that too. I think, I think you could feel some of that, 
and just the nervousness and just uh, you know all of it and and guys you know you're, you're in a you're in a battle and we're trying to get it right and it ain't going right and uh and all that and so some of the the talks at halftime was that so i i so i go there and say hey dude we need to um you know, drop all. Yeah, I think it's, I think so much of it. What we're fighting is maybe just expectations. Um, you know, hey, it's supposed to be like this, or it used to be like that, and uh, you know, I have to do a better job of kind of being out in front of that. I think, um, you know, I think it's imaginary stuff. I think sometimes coaches, you know, it's you know, we're supposed to be this, we're supposed to be that. I was just talking to a fellow earlier where it's like, you know, as a freshman. Right there, and we should be, you know, all fired up that you know he knows the call, you know, and that no one had to tell him what to do this time. And so I just think, you know, from kind of where we think and kind of where it's at, you know, I think it's all good. But I think what we want to be able to do is not get in the way of kind of that journey to be what we can become. And so um, with just whatever it is, ego or just, uh, um, you know some some personal you know um personal expectation that ain't really what what it is and so we're we're working as best we can to um to see people and meet them where they're at and not get in the way of it and so i think there's a lot of that in this game and so you know some gritty ugly stuff that i think you have to go through for it to get to the the, the beautiful, clean, polished, shiny stuff. And I think, you know, in the process of doing that, again, how we handle it as coaches is so important, you know, to do it as a teacher and as a, uh, you know, as kind of like a guide really would be great to do and, and give guys the ability and courage to still show up, right, even amongst failure and amongst, you know, disappointment. And so we'll see, you know. Um, um, I think with the game, I'm, I'm thankful for the four quarters. I thought there was energy all throughout. I thought, um, you know, there is some good edge by the offense and, you know, some, um, some violence from the start of the play to the, to the end, of, end of the whistle, you know. And those are things that maybe hadn't been there the previous two games. So thankful for that. And then I think, you know, execution-wise, we were able to execute after mistakes. And I think that's a big, that's a big, uh, you know, that's, those are all the things that are kind of uns, un, unseen a lot of times or unappreciated that are just kind of part of it, but it just takes so much to go through it because, you know, if you're the dude, man, you're humiliated and you're embarrassed and just all this other stuff and you kind of have to, the trust level's got to be high for someone to kind of show up after a mistake and still give it their all. And so I thought we were better on that front. Dave, the expectations for your offensive and defensive lines were so high coming into the season. Mm -hmm. Through three games, what have you seen from each unit? I think the the defensive lines, there's been, you know, we're battling through some, uh, we're missing some guys. And so we missed, we missed another guy today. And so I think there has been, you know, t today was probably the, the most we struggled with the run. But, you know, there were some throw downs that they ran it. And so there's a good job by them of, um, you know, Texas State of having numbers and going against the numbers and stuff. Took us a little bit to, to make adjustments to all of it, which we eventually did. But I feel really good about defense front and their ability to run, 
run stop, and then I thought today was better pass rush wise too, and so I think that was a huge emphasis for them. And so I think, you know, Apu is a great example. I think Apu, you know, we've had three games. Apu's been a captain twice, and you know, Apu from where, you know, I, I think the the, um, you know, his story. And I, I'm hesitant to speak on it because it's not through yet. But I think, you know, just his. Um, Maturity. It's I would call it a growing maturity, and his his you know his leadership is just way appreciated. And I think you know last week at BYU, I mean he was. I think we were talking maybe this before. Is you know in the huddles he would be you know saying all the things that I would say, and and when when you kind of say weird stuff, you recognize your words with somebody else. And so I'm seeing it Apu, and it's like, dude, come on, man. And, and he's saying, oh, but, I mean, what he's trying to do, I think, he was seeing guys with big eyes and stuff, and he was trying to get to them. And of all, I mean, I should have seen it prior to him, you know, and I didn't. And so that's just the care factor and just the, the giving of himself, way cool to see. And so I think that growth and where, you know, what they've been doing I think is good. I think offensive line-wise there's been a lack of edge. I think there, so edge would be, you know, the violence – and the um, the the force that you that you unload on people, and all between you know the start of the play and the the echo of that whistle, and I think that I take a lot of responsibility for that. I I have not talked that as much as I should. You know, I think the previous year, so last year I talked about it probably well a lot because I think those guys thought Edge was after the play, you know, talking this and pushing that and everything. And so to really kind of clean that up, last year was a whole thing. And um, I don't know, my mistake for not speaking it enough. And I, we've, we've spoke on it quite a bit this past week. And I think we've, sh we've showed signs of that today. And not that it, we're there by any means, but we're on, we're on the, we found the interstate. So we can kind of open it up now. All right, that was Dave Aranda. I'm Drake Toll. That's Cameron Stewart. This has been Locked on Baylor. Thank you for making it your first listen every single day. Come back tomorrow. Over the course of the week, we've got a lot to break down. DJ Lagway might go to Baylor. Is it top 10? DJ Lagway might go to Baylor. I know, Cam, you're an expert on that. Uh, I wrote about it his dad on played, the internet. Dad played for Baylor, in case you didn't know that. That's true yes. fact. True fact. Yeah. Great career. Also, across Baylor football... I don't know. There's some other stuff that I want to get into, if that's okay with you, over the course of the week. I'd love that. And we're going to preview that, Iowa State. Huge game. Baylor loses to Iowa State. Say hello to 7-5. and Baylor beats Iowa State. You're still on track for a 10-2 season. All of that and more on Locked on Baylor. <laughs>